G'day folks, welcome to another episode of the Ubuntu Security Podcast. I'm Alex Murray. This week we're going to do the usual roundup of security fixes from the past week. We're going to look at some updates for uh, Linux, Kernel, Firejail, Samba, uh, Vim, PostgreSQL and others. And then we're going to have a discussion around some of the complexities involved in handling security updates for software that is not being directly supported by Upstream anymore. Alright, uh, so let's get into it. The first uh, update we have to cover this week is in Python Pi. Uh, this is a Python library that provides kind of wrappers for things like path handling and config file parsing and other things. Um, a lot of this though now is actually uh, provided by standard library or other packages within Python and actually upstream say their library is deprecated. Uh, and this update is for uh, Python Pi in uh, Ubuntu versions 18.04 and 20.04 long-term support. In this case, it was around a regular expression denial of service vulnerability that could be triggered in their path handling code. It basically had a regular expression with catastrophic backtracking. So you could trigger basically a huge amount of CPU usage by providing crafted input to that. So if you were using this library to handle untrusted input, you could have been affected by that, but that has now been fixed. After that was updates for uh, various Linux kernel versions that the kernel team support. Up first, we had an update for the 5.10 OEM kernel, and this is for Ubuntu versions uh, 20.04 long-term support. Seven CVEs were fixed in this, including a uh, fix for uh, IBM Power 8-specific uh, KVM issue that could allow a guest VM to trigger a crash on the host and cause denial of service. There were also a couple different uh, memory leaks fixed in the AMD cryptographic coprocessor driver. Again, you could trigger a denial of service through that. Uh, integer overflow in eBPF handling. Uh, so that, again, could be a denial of service or potential code execution. Uh, there was a user after free in the NFC subsystem and an information leak in the SCTP uh, socket handling as well. Uh, similarly, an update for the 5.14 OEM kernel in Ubuntu 20.04 long-term support. So we support a couple of different OEM kernels there for various different platforms that you can buy with Ubuntu pre-installed. Uh, so again, uh, this had the eBPF integer overflow and the AMD cryptographic coprocessor vulnerabilities fixed there too. After that was an update for the 5.4 kernel in Ubuntu 20.04 long-term support and 18.04 long-term support. Uh, so 5.4 is the sort of standard kernel supported in 20.04 long-term support, but we have uh, various flavors of it in particular. Uh, in this case for uh, one called Bluefield, which is for uh, Mellanox or I think they're now NVIDIA uh, platforms, as well as Oracle. And uh, for 18.04 long-term support, that is the Oracle and GKE specific kernels. And again, that rolls in a bunch of different uh, fixes for various things. A live patch was released as well for various kernel versions. So a live patch is supported uh, on all the long-term support releases and uh, some of our uh, extended security maintenance releases that are still uh, in support. That is in this case, 16.04 ESM and 18.04 and 24 long-term support. This had three different high priority vulnerabilities. Two of these were from uh, Jan Horn at Google Project Zero. I mentioned these uh, in last week's episode, but they were in uh, the TTY subsystem. And there was one also in uh, BPF Verifier. So all of these could lead to possible code execution and therefore privilege escalation from unprivileged users. And uh, the fourth vulnerability fix there was user after free in IPv4 network routing uh, that was fixed as well. After that was an update for Firejail. Uh, this is a utility that can be used to kind of sandbox applications. You can kind of run them within their own uh, sandbox, restricted from the rest of the system. 
this had one CV that was fixed for fire gel in 24 long-term support. In this case, it was uh, time of check, the time of use race condition in the handling of overlay FS mounts. So basically you can use overlay FS with uh, fire gel to uh, restrict access to things and but uh, it would try and uh, check permissions before it then went and did this mount and therefore you could race uh, the permission handling check on that and make it uh, mount something that it shouldn't. Basically, uh, this was deemed, I guess, too unsafe by the upstream developers, so they've now stopped supporting OverlayFS and as a result, uh, we have also disabled OverlayFS support in FireJL now for Ubuntu 24 long-term support. Uh, thanks to Rainer Herman for providing this patch as well. After that was uh, an update for Samba. I'm gonna talk a bit more about this when I talk about, I guess, the difficulties in handling uh, large security updates later for older releases. Uh, but yeah, nine CVEs were fixed in this. Uh, in particular, this is for Ubuntu releases 24 long-term support, 2104 and 2110. Uh, this did have yeah, a raft of different issues, including the ability for authenticated users to become root on domain members. In that case, Samba would incorrectly map uh, domain members to local members, domain users to local users uh, as well it had incorrect handling of kerberos tickets such that a delegated user could become domain admin by confusing samba about which user a particular ticket represented there was also some memory corruption issues fixed there too uh, so in particular this this updates samba to 4.13.14 this is uh, the i guess the latest release in that series uh, to fix these vulnerabilities and that does change some behavior in how local users are mapped to domain users uh, to fix that vulnerability and so there is an upstream uh, advisory around that i've got a link to that in the show notes if you want to find out more about that change in behavior it generally shouldn't affect too many things but it might so yeah i just thought i'd point that out uh, an update for OpenEXR as well. This has another integer overflow vulnerability that could lead to a buffer overflow, therefore a crash and remote code execution for OpenEXR in Ubuntu releases 18.04 long-term support and 16.04 ESM. Uh, an update for PostgreSQL after that. Uh, this is for two CVEs all the way back to 18.04 long-term support plus 20.04 long-term support 21.04 and 21.10. In this case, uh, both of these were around incorrect handling of uh, SSL certificate validation. Basically, it could allow a remote attacker to inject arbitrary SQL queries uh, before the uh, as the encrypted connection had been set up. So this is kind of similar to various start TLS volumes that we've seen uh, recently. Basically, yeah, you would be able to inject content. It would then go and process that once a TLS connection was established, but as though it had been uh, had been secured but it hadn't been and ideally it would just throw that away because obviously anyone you know untrusted could inject content there potentially uh, this was fixed through updating to the latest upstream point releases so that does include other bug fixes as well so in this case it's uh, version 13.5 for both ubuntu uh, 21.10 and 21.04 as well as 12.9 for ubuntu 20.04 uh, long-term support and 10.19 for 18.04 long-term support just a few more to go through. We had an update for Vim as well, and this goes all the way back to 14.04 extended security maintenance plus 16.04 extended security maintenance, 18.04 long-term support, 20.04 long-term support, 21.04 and the 21.10, uh, the most recent interim release. This had six different vulnerabilities rolled in there. Uh, things like um, permissions handling on swap files were fixed. 
Uh, there was the ability to bypass Vim's restricted mode. Uh, that's a way of, uh, I guess, having um, Vim act on files and disable some of its things like shell, uh, you know, being able to execute shell commands and things like that in Vim. Uh, but uh, upstream say you shouldn't really consider this a real security mechanism anyway. And yeah, we advise similarly. So you shouldn't consider Vim's restricted mode as, like I say, security boundary. Uh, as well, there were some memory corruption issues that were fixed there too. Up after that was an update for account service. Uh, this is for Ubuntu releases 24 long-term support, 2104 and 2110. This vulnerability was reported to us by Kevin Backhouse from the GitHub uh, Security Labs. Uh, this was actually around a double free in a particular, or that could be triggered through a particular DBus method in account service. Account service is the daemon for handling uh, user accounts and things like that on uh, Ubuntu. I think it's from the upstream GNOME project. In this case, yeah, a double free could then lead to memory corruption. And this is a root privilege daemon that is running and is able to be accessed by unprivileged users. Uh, and so this was actually uh, a, an Ubuntu specific vulnerability. It's due to a particular patch that we carry on top of the upstream code that allows account servers to keep uh, the PAM environment file uh, up to date when you make uh, settings, obviously. So if you go and change uh, your user's language settings, we wanna go and set that in PAM environment as well so that as many things respect that as possible. Uh, basically, this patch that we applied on there uh, contained code that would take an existing variable, but then uh, go and free it. And so then the code that was already handling that variable would go and free it a second time after the fact. So yeah, you could uh, get code execution through in account service through that potentially. And so yeah, be able to get privilege escalation as a result. So that has been fixed. Uh, yeah, thanks again to Kevin for reporting that one to us. And finally, we had an update for Hypex. This is one CVE that was fixed for Ubuntu releases, 18.04 long-term support, 20.04 long-term support, 21.04 and 21.10. Uh, this is the tools for handling Windows registry hive files. And in this case, it contained an out-of-bounds read that you could trigger through a specially crafted input file. So the kind of thing that would likely result in a crash of those tools and therefore a denial of service. So if you are handling untrusted Windows registry files now, you are a little bit safer. Okay. That is it for the week in security updates. As I foreshadowed actually in last week's episode, the other thing that I wanted to talk about this week uh, was have a bit of a discussion around uh, the difficulties in handling security updates for software that is uh, getting a bit long in the tooth and is no longer being supported directly by upstream. In particular, I wanted to use uh, the updates to Samba that happened in the last week uh, as an illustrative example for that. As you may have noticed when I was talking about it, I didn't mention the Ubuntu 18.04 long-term support release in those updates at all. Uh, that is because as of yet, we still haven't released updates for Samba in that version. Now, in this case, to do the updates for the more recent releases, we updated Samba to the uh, the most recent point release, 4.13.14. And that was a relatively um, minor upgrade for some of our releases, particularly some of the more recent ones. Uh, even for Ubuntu 20.04 long-term support, which is now uh, you know, nearly two years old, uh, that was an upgrade from 4.11 to the 4.13 series. And so it's uh, it can be considered more of just, uh, it's obviously more than just a security update. This includes bug fixes and it does include some behavioral changes and obviously new features as well. But that was deemed to be, I guess, the safest option to upgrade that rather than to try and uh, fix all the various vulnerabilities on that older version. 
The reason I say that is because Upstream have released uh, patches for the 4.10 version, uh, which is yeah, one of the older ones that is still supported, but that included 686 individual patches to fix that. And so we deemed it easier, or I guess less risk as well, to upgrade to that later version in those releases. However, for Ubuntu uh, 18.04 long-term support, that's uh, not so easy to do. Uh, the version that uh, is supported there at the moment for Samba is 4.7. And so we could, we've got a few options there. We can either take those nearly 700 patches from 4.10 and try to backport them to 4.7. As you can imagine, with each one of those patches, there is some risk that we make a mistake and that we cause a regression. That is, we break something in Samba. And uh, so, you know, that's that's not necessarily an easy decision to make. Do we do that? Also, we're not, uh, you know, full-time Samba developers. We are security engineers. And so there is a bit more, um, all the we don't know all the ins and outs of Samba necessarily. And so there's a bit more chance that we could, yeah, break something in that process. The other option we do have though, obviously, is to update Samba to that newer version as well. That's 4.13.14, like I mentioned, for those other releases to bring that all the way back to Ubuntu 18.04. That does need us to update some other packages as well because Samba depends on a bunch of things like Talloc and TDB, basically the support libraries for doing things like memory allocation and the like. Uh, the versions that are currently in Ubuntu 18.04 aren't new enough to support that, so we would need to bring those back as well. Uh, one of our uh, engineers, Mark Delorier, who's been working on that, has uh, tested this, and it is possible to bring updated versions of those back. Uh, but there are still some wrinkles, some, some problems with that. That is that uh, this new Samba version only supports Python 3. And whilst Python 3 is supported on Ubuntu 18.04, uh, the version there is a bit older and it doesn't necessarily have all the dependencies there that are required. In particular, uh, there's free IPA. That's another package that is kind of used in the same ecosystem as Samba. That's in universe, uh, not in main. So we don't directly support it as a security team, but obviously we don't necessarily want to break it. And in this case, if we were to bring back a newer version of Samba to 18.04, it would break free IPA because then it wouldn't support Python 2 anymore, which is what the version of free IPA in uh, 18.04 is still using. So then the option is we could upgrade free IPA as well to a version that uses Python 3, but uh, the various dependencies that uh, free IPA has aren't necessarily available in 1804 at the moment. So we would need to bring those back as well. So when managing, I guess this is just illustrative that when managing this sort of large ecosystem of software that all needs to work together, uh, bringing back uh, security fixes and figuring out how to do that in a way that is least disruptive is not always trivial. Particularly in this case, we have a version of Samba that is now getting a bit long in the tooth, 4.7. And so if there are other, uh, say, high priority security issues in the future, we'd want to fix those as well. And uh, backporting those may start getting trickier as well. So we've already got, uh, I think, nine CVEs here that uh, haven't yet been patched in that version. And so the, I think that risk only goes on over time. So I think most likely uh, what will happen, although it's not yet decided, is that we'll probably bring back that newer version to Bionic as well. Uh, that then allows us, I guess, a, um, a more consistent base across all of those releases and gives us something that then we can more easily patch in the future. But again, it's still not clear because that then means bringing back a heap of other packages as well. So yeah, watch this space. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how this evolves over time. And obviously Samba here is just kind of the first example I've seen of this more recently uh, that was illustrative, but there are going to be more and more things like this that do happen over time as these releases get older and as we are supporting them for longer, particularly with extended security maintenance. So yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how this evolves. All right. 
that is it for this week's episode. Uh, if you've got thoughts on any of this or anything I've talked about or anything else Ubuntu security related, feel free to get in contact with the team. You can email us at security@ubuntu.com. We do hang out in the Ubuntu security channel on libera.chat, the IRC network. And uh, we are on Twitter at Ubuntu underscore sec as well if you want to hit us up over there too. Okay, so thanks everyone for listening again for another week. It's been great doing this all again for you. I will be back again with you next week. But until then, remember, keep calm because we've got your back and I'll speak to you soon. Bye.